Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 96. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a mini review of the Studio Ghibli film My Neighbors the Yamadas, followed by our main review of the new MonsterVerse film Godzilla vs. Kong. Without further ado, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? Hi guys, so... I'm going to do it today because uh, I had a kind of a rough weekend, so I'm just going to let you guys do most of the talking. So I want to start with you, Marco. What have you been watching, reading, playing? I don't know. What have you been doing <laughs> for the last two weeks? You can even just tell me how your day went. All the above. <laughs> All the above. Like, I have not been know? reading. <laughs> I've not <laughs> been reading the book I'm trying to finish, which is actually the novel version of The, Sh- of the Shining. I'm like halfway through it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've actually been book. trying to finish it since last year, but then I stopped and started watching a lot of stuff. So it happens. I'm 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 yeah. currently reading. Oh, look at me jumping ahead. I'm currently reading that Doctor Disrespect book. So nice. I saw. Let me know how that is. Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. It it's a parody. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So playing. Well, you all know I've been getting on the cod with the boys, back in our bullshit. You know. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clan <laughs> strong. Like, Clan strong. So yeah. <laughs> But as far as what I'm watching, I recently saw News of the World, the 2020 action drama starring Tom Hanks. And basically the movie takes place after the U.S. Civil War. He plays a character called Captain Kidd who uh, delivers and reads the news to poor towns in the South. And he comes across a young girl who recently survived an attack and he tries to take her to her only living relatives and that's pretty much the gist of the plot without giving away too much it's it's filmed so fucking well i'm just gonna start off with that movie looks fucking beautiful especially like in 4k and a fucking oled tv i'm just gonna throw that out there and tom hanks does nice, great nice as, nice flex there nice flex. yeah <laughs> a little flex there just saying tom hanks does a great job as always as uh, captain kid he's basically like a, a vet trying to write things after the civil war and after what he's learned from it and all the horrible things that the South did. And Johanna played by Helena Zangel, who I, I guess is new. I haven't seen her in anything else. Yeah. She's actually a, but, a German, a real German person too. Yeah. If she's you a young girl who like basically reinvigorates kid and gives him like a worthy and noble purpose to fight and their, their dynamics just work so well like they they learn from each other they have this language barrier because she was raised by the uh kiowa native american tribe like several years ago but she also still retains some of her uh german heritage and so like her and captain kid are just trying to communicate with each other and trying to learn more from each other and it, it's it's very heartfelt. I think it, it was done like very well. Like you you truly believe like their growth together as as people and as a daughter father figure, and I really like that about it. So the movie also has like some pretty cool action sequences. It's not like super actiony, but what like what does occur like they have a pretty cool shootout between Tom Hanks and some bandits that lasts like quite a bit and is actually filmed very well. Very tense moments. Um, I, I thought that Hanks did really well in this time frame because I, I don't think 
don't think I've ever seen him in anything that takes place in like Western times or anything like that. So it's kind of nice to kind of see him in that in that atmosphere. The the movie overall has like a true hopeful message about standing up for for good and sort of like a redemption story for a character after being like part of something that kind of lied to you and and like doing something good later on in life that actually does like stand for good. So, I mean, if if this is something that like interests you or if you're into that sort of stuff, then I highly recommend it. I personally really loved this movie. I would hands down recommend it. I saw it on our uh, on our Voodoo account, so you can probably rent it on some streaming service. I didn't really look up where you could probably rent it, but it's it's available everywhere. Anywhere, yeah, you, anywhere just, you rent movies, it's available. So, yeah, it's a it's a solid action adventure western drama movie. So check it out. I highly recommend it. I, I liked it a lot too. Is um because it was on our Voodoo because you know I yeah. added it to it because <laughs> I bought that bitch. Uh, it's, it's really well done. It's directed by Paul Greengrass too, which is kind of weird. Cause he, he did all those Bourne movies. Yeah. He also and did 1993. Yeah. So, yeah. and he has said in an interview, this is probably his first movie that ends like happily as opposed to all his other movies all end pretty kind of on a Fragile. down note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I, I saw this too. I saw it with my parents and they all, we all liked it. It's uh has a really good story. And I, I really like the um, chemistry between uh, Hanks and the little girl. So yeah, and it, it's funny too. I read on the behind the scenes like she di- didn't actually know who Tom Hanks was until like halfway through shooting that she realized who he was. That's fucking so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Wait a minute, is he the guy from Forrest Gump?" So that's yeah. cool. Good stuff. Maybe that helped with her with her chemistry in the movie because man, it was, I think so. It was Maybe, very yeah. believable. Yeah. yeah, and he's never played a western outside of being like a cowboy in Toy Story. I guess if if you want to. Right, I guess if you count that, dude, that's the only thing I can think of. I was like, yeah, he's never been in the movie. I come to the movie. I I was expecting to say boots. I was expecting him to say that. I was like, oh no, is there going to be a snake in his boot? Please, fucking let him say it for fuck's sake. Toy. (laughs) These lines don't make any sense for the fucking what's going on here. Uh, What else did you watch? I gotta find Andy. (laughs) He's mine. But yeah, aside from news of the world, I also saw. Love and Monsters, the 2020 sci-fi comedy, which is also on our shared Voodoo account. Look at that. We're just being spoiled left mm. and right. And uh, this one takes welcome. place. <laughs> welcome. I know, right? So uh, it stars Dylan O'Brien as Joel, uh, who's from Maze Runner, and also he's in uh, MTV's Teen Wolf TV show. And uh, Jessica Henwick, who plays Amy, and she's from, if you've, ever bothered to watch Iron Fist on Netflix or Game of Thrones. She's in those two shows. So the movie, it takes place during the apocalypse where bugs and other animals, they don't really specify which, well, they, they kind of do specify which ones, like meaning like lizards and reptiles and amphibians have all like mutated into like giant monsters. And Joel is basically struggling to survive he serves as a cook in his colony and he lacks like any survival skills whatsoever he's he's essentially fucking useless and his his colony kind of like cracks jokes about it and it's kind of funny because because um he's kind of a like he's aware of it but also oblivious at the same time to it and he's also like the only single member of his colony so he sets out to 
meet up with his ex-girlfriend Amy played by Jessica Henwick who lives in a colony like 85 miles away and that's basically the gist of the story and I'm done talking about it no I'm just kidding <laughs> the the I mean, biggest for the most part yeah yeah the biggest reveal of this movie which is like it's not that important but it kind of is it is to us is that this fucking only movie to, takes only place to us. Only in to Fairfield us, California and the Napa <laughs> Valley and yep. Sonoma which is where your precious movie pals are located. So if you hate us, well, not, and you well, want to find us. Well, not technically one of us. Well, yeah. yeah. As well, you guys have known, if you follow us, <laughs> the bill departed a few years back. He got he got away. Not, he pulled a Joel. I'm not a part of the 707 boys. He's got a lot more movies yeah. based in St. Louis than you don't, we tra- do. Okay, so it's rare for us. Okay, fuckers. <laughs> technically, this movie is based on a bill, and he, he as he sets off away from Fairfield and escapes finally. No, I'm just kidding. But that, yeah, that is the biggest reveal, and it, it's it's a holy shit movie uh, moment because like there's no other mention of Fairfield, California. I I think like In any the uh, the movie Con Air mentions Vacaville once or some shit like that. They're like, but that it's and like twenty miles away. Sometimes movies uh they've mentioned. I mean in um in uh, what's the one with Dustin Hoffman? God damn. Uh, with the with the what's it called, guys? With the disease, came out ninety four. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Break, uh, outbreak. Yeah, outbreak. They mentioned Travis Air Force Base at least, so I'm like, oh, yes. that's kind of cool. Travis Air Force Base <laughs> has been mentioned in a couple movies. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. But they Shit, normally think... uh, mention Edwards Air Force Base because it's the bigger one. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, it's a big logistical base. We have planes flying all the time. We edit it out of the pod. James does a good job at that. So, yeah, so that, that is the biggest reveal because, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, it's a rarity. It never really happens. And it's cool because you see Joel, like, traverse all this land as it's all, like, in chaos and shit. And, like, you see, like, these giant mutant, like, monster bug things, like, overtaking this area. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, shit. I know that bug. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've oh, bug, okay. Yeah, this one's yeah. mine. Even, like, and this isn't a spoiler, even the beginning, like, it opens up, like, where the camera zooms out and you see, like, all of Fairfield, like, in flames and being, like, just, like, in chaos. And it's like, oh, shit, that's Travis Air Force Base launching missiles and shit. And it's kind of cool to see all that. But, yeah, Joel is basically going through this adventure and meets up with people on the way, one of which is this character named Clyde, played by Michael Rooker, who, like, kind of shows him, like, the ups and downs of, like, the survival world and what to do, what not to do. And he's growing as a person as as he continues on this 85-mile trek, which in the movie they say, like, would play would take, like, seven days and i'm like i i google mapped that shit and i was like mm, it's like more like three or four days really okay well it's i think but, it's he's, he's got monsters to deal with homie come on that's yeah. true yeah he's i guess they, go they gotta go certain pathways and stuff yeah you didn't plug so, that into your ways yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what Giant about the, this what way about the they need to come up with an update for that okay all right what about the monsters though <laughs> so so yeah it, it's love. it's cool because they use both like practical effects and CGI for like the giant bugs and monsters. And it, it works really well. It, it makes it more impactful. It makes it bigger and more believable. And, and some of these creatures are fucking creepy, man. Like they're these like <laughs> giant worm things that try to like eat you and shit. There's this big fucking toad that tries to eat them. And it is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. And it, it's, it's just disgusting. fucking scary. But at the yeah. same time, it's got its charm and it's, 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 got a comedic moment it's almost akin to the i was watching with my brother and i think i told him it's almost like zombie land but 
you know, with like bugs and, bugs. and monsters rather than zombies. Yeah. And it's it's cool. Like Joel has this journal where he like sketches things in there as he comes across. So actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, my brain's going everywhere. It's like an amalgam of zombie zombie land and the last of us. And his name's even Joel. It's kind of crazy. I know, right? So, yeah, overall, it's it's a great adventure movie, sci-fi movie, slash semi-horror movie. And, like, you really, like, get to like these, this character of Joel and even some of the people that he comes across with. And it, it's very entertaining. It's, it's funny. It'll make you laugh. It'll, you know, give you the feels at some points. And if you're into this sort of stuff and this sort of, like, type of comedy and sci-fi mesh then this is for you, and I highly recommend you check it out. And it's been nominated at the Academy Awards for Best yeah. Visuals, by the way. That is so, right, and that is also one of the reasons I watched it. If you're working through your Oscar lists like we are, we uh, check it off. It's a fun Yeah, th- this one was watch. a gem, because yeah. I was putting this one off for the longest time, and I was like, man, I don't know. The, this is one of those where you don't judge a book, book by its cover because the poster didn't really sell it for me. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot, and it won me instantly so i told you guys to watch this you sons of bitches you yeah. you did and i was like okay i'll, I'll check it out uh, I'll see. fuck that guy's recommendations he don't know what he's talking about <laughs> no i also saw another one i didn't mention here but you know I, I saw another round too briefly there i did mention it and uh james is right everything he said about that movie is fucking awesome and i also saw coming to america on amazon prime video and i know it doesn't work for a lot of people but for me i thought it was a solid sequel it you know it's not a perfect movie, but I feel like, yeah, some of the jokes are a little like hammy and forced, and they're they're definitely trying to live up to the original. But I feel like the overall story and the rest of the jokes, like sixty seventy percent of them, really do hit their mark, and it's entertaining. I also saw this one with family, and they they really had a blast watching it, and the message was pretty cool too. So yeah, give it a shot if you have uh, Amazon Prime. Because it's included in there, so you get to watch it technically for free. And yeah, that's that's basically all I've been watching. Nabil, what have you been watching? I know you've been watching some stuff too. Uh, well, you know, I've been watching as much as I can, but there's a lot of Godzilla films, a lot of things to get through. <laughs> had to, had to get through all that. You had like two years from the last one to watch. <laughs> I was waiting. I, for I don't. It. I don't have any fucking sympathy. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. Well, I actually did end up watching some shows. I, I saw this new show on Amazon Prime called Zero Zero Zero. It's about uh, it's a, it's essentially the travel of a cocaine shipment where it makes its way through Europe to Italy. So they're basically showing where it starts from uh, an Italian cartel ready to purchase the cocaine and st- goes from the decision of them buying it to where it's made in Mexico. Uh, and then across the Atlantic through... Uh, you got American my broker. full attention to Bill right now. I'm and already a lot of drama Tell me more. <laughs> no, for real. It, no, you yeah, you it's, it's a drama. It's, it's, a, it's a mafia drama, essentially. And you, you get to see kind of the rivalry. I've, I'm only like two episodes in. It's an eight-episode series, so far at least, for this season. And um, you get to see kind of the inner workings of of the Italian cartel in Italy and the power dynamics that are happening over there. And the reason that they decided to make this, like it's a huge, like, you know, 30 plus, uh, I think $300 million actually purchase of cocaine that they're trying to bring into the country. 
Fuck. And distribute. Yeah, and then you see the, the the cartel who are the ones who are essentially dealing it, and in Mexico and what they're going through to get that to them, um, and then you got the in between, and you get to see a little bit of this this. Uh, essentially they have like a shipping logistics company that operates as a shadow broker for to, to trade the trade to cocaine across uh across the ocean and you get to see kind of these different aspects of these groups and what they're doing and and how this all kind of accumulates into one interconnected weird web of of you know illegal drug uh shipping across the country <laughs> smuggling so uh yeah it's very interesting it is it starts off uh, a little slow because you're not really sure what it is, and it, and it's very much based in those countries. So, like when they cut to the Italian cartel, it's all in Italian, so you're reading subs. When you go to the Mexican drug cartel, it's all in Spanish, so you're going through that. And then you know the English people, they they might speak English. I don't know what language you're speaking over there. So you lost with an accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> I do think it's a show you might find interesting. Marco, it does pick up a little bit more in the second uh, second uh, episode as well. So I'm sure each episode will probably get a bit more intense. And where, uh, where's it streaming? This is on Amazon Prime. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the other show that I've been watching is I just started getting into. I know Marco, you brought this up before, but the Mayans MC. It's the yes. spinoff to uh, the Sons of Anarchy, um, and it's supposed to be happening after the events of that uh, end of that series. So I, I'm a couple episodes in. It's focusing on one of the MCs down south in Southern California, um, and I mean, it's very much got the same kind of grit <laughs> as the uh, original yeah. series. I do like that. Um, it is different. The story and and what they're going with is a different kind of. Uh, it's not the same thing as the main character Jacks and the the guy they have now is his name is Easy, and he's definitely got different motivations, different background. It's it's. You know, it's a different story they're certainly telling, but the one thing that does kind of connect them is still that aspect of the the MC and the club and how that they operate. That's still kind of the same, or at least from the season so far that I've seen, like four episodes. Um, it, it's it's the same, but the, the motivations is what's kind of interesting of what's happening and why they're they're doing what they're doing. It, Much it works though, the you know. It, it differentiates his character from from like the original series and that way you know they're they're not doing you know the same formula over and over again but yeah. still like it it's still you still feel the connection to like the overall universe of this show and it 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 kind of gives you more of a i guess a purpose to really watch the show it's like you're not watching the same thing over and over again so i like that it really does because like the first i remember watching the first season of sons of anarchy and um i was like well, what's the point of this like we're, <laughs> we're just watching them go through like it wasn't until the second season that i really got into it and in, in the mayans show this series i i feel a bit more connected with the plot and saying okay i want to see where this goes and keep going with each episode yeah. so this one does have a bit more of a driving force to keep you going at least early on absolutely yeah New season just started tuning the bill, so you gotta catch up and Sorry, I can't start going. that one too. Yeah, because it's three seasons now, right? That's the third season just started. Yeah, third season. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of shit that happens in between. You'll see. I feel like this show moves a lot faster than the first couple seasons of Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. I feel like they get to like the plot points a lot quicker, and the the arcs happen. I mean, it, it, they still do it really well, though. It's not; it doesn't feel rushed, but it feels like it's more like tight. You know what I mean? And like they yeah. learned more from the previous incarnation. So, 
It's good. Yeah, it's definitely a, a show worth watching if you haven't. If you even were a fan of Sons of Anarchy, this is going to be definitely up your alley. Yeah. And that's what I've been watching, James. What about you? I know you've been busy watching some stuff too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched a few things. I, I, I didn't watch as much as normal because I got really sick this last couple of days. So. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to watch a two and a half hour movie from Steven Spielberg. Uh, called The Color Purple. came out in 1985. Smart guy. Smart guy. It's actually two hours and 34 minutes, but, uh, you know, I thought I'd Jeez. just get a little wild with it. I've always wanted to watch this movie. It's been on my list for a couple years now to watch. And Me too. I've seen parts of it when I was a kid, which is weird. I'm surprised they didn't have you watch that in school. I had to watch that in school originally. Uh, I remember some classes did, Nabil, but I wasn't part of the... I don't know how the fuck they show this in school, by the way. I know this is PG-13. But the incest shit was like a little like okay. You, I think you had to do like a sign a waiver or something. Was to get it? a permission slip from your parents. And none would, of my, yeah. none of us. But did James, it, but same, same thing. Like some yeah. of some of classes. Some of my, school some, some, it, my cl- and some yeah, didn't. some of my classmates and stuff like in my group have seen. I've seen this, so I'm like, fuck. I feel like well, I graduated quite a, well, like 15 years ago. So like 15 <laughs> years ago, I'm like, fuck, man. I could have seen this shit. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right, so it's actually basically about uh, life of a. A, a black woman named Celie, played by Oprah Winfrey, and she basically is abused by her father early on in life. She's raped by him. Uh, then he, she sold off to this guy. They kind of nickname him Mister, played by Danny Glover, and probably the role that but. everybody back then probably thought of, of, like where he's a fucking absolute monster. And I had no idea because I always just think of like, uh, you know, like lethal, lethal weapon, weapon and shit. Yeah, right. of course. Yeah. I'm not imagining him like beating the shit out of women and raping a woman every night. I'm like, okay. So, but she's inspired by two really strong women that she meets throughout her life that kind of get her out of her rut to kind of stand up to people. And it's um, uh, a lady named Sophia, played by Oprah Winfrey, actually, and a a singer named Suge Avery, played by Margaret Avery. So these two women are throughout their life, and um, they kind of, like I said, they inspire her to get out of the relationship somehow. And, I mean, back then, it's like I said, it's from 1916 all the way to like 1950 something i think and it's like pretty rough there's a lot of really touching moments though in this movie and i i, I even wrote on twitter I, I teared up a couple of times there's a couple of times it's like fuck man this is rough and it's uh it's really touching and the scenes will be goldberg and um i think oprah actually strangely enough kind of killing this movie man oh so, yeah she's isn't, she's isn't it fun. like their first role like one of their first roles like oprah's both first of them roles? that's yeah. their yeah. first uh feature yeah. films and yeah. i think oprah's real first time acting but yeah it is fucking there are some scenes that are just like gut wrenching, man. But highly recommend it. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed it too. It's it's his first uh, serious film. He said he would not have been able to make like um, Empire of the Sun or Schindler's List without having made this film first. So, Damn. Uh, if you've never seen it, don't be put off by the two and a half hour uh, runtime. I I truthfully thought the pacing was really well done here, and it goes it went by really quick. And I I really I absolutely love this movie. So I'm I'm kind of saddened that it took me this long to. See this movie, but I'm I'm glad I find it. So, uh, Nabil, I know you've seen it, but Marco, you haven't, right? No, I haven't. I, I want to see it though for sure. It's one that I've definitely wanted to knock out, but you know, never got a chance. But I guess there's no excuse now. Got to watch it. Yeah, but Nabil, you have seen it, right? I have. Yeah, yeah. I think it's streaming on HBO Max right now, but I actually own a copy of the movie too. So, VOD. But uh, I'm on this uh, thing where I'm actually watching all of uh, Steven Spielberg's movies right now. I only have uh, two left. I also saw the new Netflix exclusive film, Concrete Cowboy. 
it just came out on Friday, actually, April 2nd. And this stars the uh, one of the kids from Stranger Things. I don't think he's really a kid anymore. Caleb uh, McLaughlin. And he uh, basically stars as a kid named Cole that is running into a bunch of trouble in Detroit. So his mom drops him off to his estranged father named Hart, played by Idris Elba. And it's the craziest fucking thing, but apparently in Philadelphia there are like um, black cowboys. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this, but it's a yeah, real thing. Yeah, I've heard the story before. It's yeah, it's a real story. thing. It's uh, so basically he comes up to his his goes to his dad and he starts kind of learning the ropes of like you know stable life and you know trying to stay out of trouble and all this stuff. And but he still gets nice. kind of mixed up in it, but. It's really good. I liked it a lot. It, I think, if anything, the writing it suffers a little bit in the middle with a bit of a slowdown, but I think the two, McLaughlin and Idris Elba, are really good. And obviously there's that, you know, there's a predictability with him, you know, a strange father and son. Obviously some shit's going to go down, right? But uh, it works really well. And I really, it's it's such a strange subculture of, like, life that it's cool that they kind of bring it up. And they actually include real, like, writers that are part of these... Um, cowboy lots i guess or gangs i guess they're not really gangs but they're just they're called writers and stuff and they're actually in the movie playing themselves which is That's really cool, cool. so yeah. a lot of them like the i thought were they? actors or actresses and i didn't even know and then they they show interviews during the credits i'm like wait what the fuck i'm like that guy's real these guys really ride horses holy shit yeah i saw it pop up on my netflix and i saw idris elbows in it and i was like mm, if he's in it i'm probably definitely gonna check it out yeah um it's produced by lee daniels too so uh, his movie, um, the Billy Holiday one, is nominated for Best Actress, which yep. she's kind of like a front runner to possibly win. So, check that out too, guys. If you haven't, by the way, um, that's interesting. He's been getting into like stuff that he just wants to do lately. I think. So Lee Daniels produces one too, and um, if you want to see Idris Elba with half a shirt on for most of the movie, for the ladies, you know. Pretty good. I mean, guy. shit, I'd watch that too. Excuse me, bro. There's yes. a scene where he's just going down the street, and I was like, well. I need to learn how to ride a horse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's fucking ripped. I'm just saying. I was like, God damn, this guy's a good looking, good looking some bitch. Still should have uh, been the Terminator, then... but okay. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we chose Marcos. Doppelganger for a Terminator. Uh, so Saturday Night Fever is the last movie I saw. And I've always wanted to see this because I'm, I'm a huge Bee Gees fan. As you guys know, I uh, talked about that um, documentary that came out a few months ago. And... Um, I didn't realize that Saturday Night Fever was such a fucking uh, dark drama, which is crazy. I always assumed this was like a like a disco dance movie <laughs> where they just have fun and party all the time. And I was like, man, I was thoroughly fucking um, uh, incorrect about that. Because you know, See, that's how I picture songs. it too. Oh, really? It's just like some like, damn. I want you to watch. I want movie. you to watch yeah. this movie so bad again. <laughs> yeah, I watched the director's heavy. cut too. By the way, it adds about three minutes more to the uh, movie. But the reason why I watch it is because the director's cut has a 4K remaster. Even it, it's only in 1080p, but it's it's off of a 4K remaster, so it's the best quality. James thing. back on his bullshit. We know. <laughs> I mean, I got both versions on the Voodoo, so choose. <laughs> uh, so I watched the director's cut, and basically, it's about a 19-year-old man or boy, sorry, named Tony, played by John Travolta. And he basically works at, like, a paint store, and I guess, I mean, he really doesn't want that to be his life, though. And But on every Saturday, thus the name Saturday Night Fever, I guess, mm, makes he's, sense. Like a, he's like a god on the fucking dance floor. I won't lie, man. As weird as John Travolta is, because he's fucking weird, uh, <laughs> this guy, back in 77, good god, man. 
this dude is dancing so fucking well. Even I was like, I got to learn this shit. <laughs> like that disco shit hits, man. And it's just the, the, like I told in the bill too. The soundtrack is absolute fucking fire, man. I love this. I have the soundtrack on vinyl too. It's my it's my mom's copy for fuck's sake. So, uh, it's the number two selling one. It was the number one up until the Bodyguard came out. So. Jesus. Uh, big deal. And it won album of the year, the Grammys, a movie soundtrack, by the way, which is, I don't think ever been done since then. So, uh, on top of that, the movie basically just follows him going through life, but it's like, he's, he's having issues with his parents. Like his dad's unemployed. Uh, his brother Frank comes back and he's, he's giving up, like he's a priest, but then he's giving that up. And, but his brother realizes that he has potential to be a dancer, but Tony doesn't have like, the he doesn't think that he's good enough for it but then he finds a new partner and he's trying to figure out if maybe that's the way to go but meanwhile like there's so much shit going on like his friends are like kind of pieces of shit truthfully and they're getting into like they're fighting like puerto ricans and shit you know and stuff like that and it gets pretty it's it's kind of dated at some times like i said it's a little rapey it's really rapey actually but um that fucking soundtrack and the dance is fuck. <laughs> it just so, can't get out your so, head. Huh? It's so good. I literally have fucking, um, you should be dancing like in my head right now <clears throat> from the Bee Gees. So, <laughs> God, and the night fever. Hopefully fuck. that's they during just a good go, scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all, dude, it's, oh, God, dude, right off the bat, that movie, that movie hits. So, I'd still recommend it. It's worth it. It's a, it's a classic. It was put into the Library of Congress in 2010. So, there's some significance to that, too. Um, and John Travolta, like I said, although, I mean, kind of a weird dude, um, really good performance. He's definitely really playing that Italian guy kind of thing. And it's kind of funny cause it's, I, for a slice of life in 1977, New York, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty accurate, I think. So that's the vibe I get at least. So, but, um, you get pre-Scientology John Travolta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when he started it, but, uh. Before, before the darkness. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's you have to either buy it or rent it. There's, it's not available on any streaming services. So um, I think it's worth at least a rental to check it out. Is alone just to see the dance moves. Fuck, they're they're really good. <laughs> I can't say that enough, guys. That's what I'm James, getting. James uh, just just he just stood up right now. He just started dancing. He's oh shit. He's doing the splits. Fuck. <laughs> Oh no! I'm telling you, it's impressive <laughs> even to today's standards. I'm like, motherfucker got some moves, man. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I know Mark uh, Marco, you saw a long time ago. I don't think you probably remember it too much, but Nabil, no, you might have seen it no, more no. S- recently. Uh, like 10, 15 years ago. It's okay, been a, no, been a while too. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I would say a pretty fun film. Uh, so that's everything. That's all I've been watching. Yeah, I've been mostly watching old stuff because I, I I only have two films left to watch on my Oscar list and. I'm trying to see if I can just buy those motherfuckers because I don't want to rent them for twenty bucks. So, but at this point, I might just go see them in theaters because then I can just pay six dollars. So, there you go. Uh, so let's get into our mini review, I guess, uh, continuation of our Studio Ghibli reviews of the 1999 film My Neighbors the Yamadas.
かいしあ父さんケーキの残りほらお願いみかんもそれから灯油入れといてくださいすみませんAs well as the tale of Princess Kaguya in 2013, and I can totally see the resemblance to that. It was written by, also written by Isao Takahara, and based on a comic strip by Hisachi Ishii. And I hope I didn't botch those names, as you all know. I, I, no, I, Man, I think I'm known to just utterly destroy them, so just making sure. No, I, I, I purposely <laughs> gave you the Japanese movie just to be like, he was, he was let trying me, to make your life hard. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. Like, it's his turn. So this one stars Jim Belushi as Takashi Yamada, Molly Shannon as Matsuko, Daryl Sabara as Noboru, Liliana Mummy as Nonoku, and Tress McNeil as uh, Shaggy? Shige. I think it's Shige. I can't remember her fucking name. Shige sounds right now. <laughs> and I just recently saw this one too over the weekend. Oh well. So, <laughs> thoughts on this one. Let's start with... James, I'll start with you. You guys have never seen... Just to start too. You guys have never seen this, right? Obviously, uh, no. Marco, no. Nabil, you've never seen I this. Have not, right? no, I have not. No, I don't know if I've seen this one with you or not. Okay, I've seen this one four times. Now. Fuck. <laughs> no, really. Um, this. Okay, so this is the one where I actually felt like this was the worst movie, right? But now that I've seen it like four times, I don't think it's as bad as I remember <laughs> it being. Tell you the truth, because I just that we we especially I think Earwig probably is the worst movie now. But it's okay. I've never been a fan of the art style in this one. And I attribute that to the fact that, you know, we live in America. We never got this comic strip. So, like, obviously, this would, this would be, like, I guess if... I don't know what comic strip... I mean, I was going to say Garfield. Or, like, Calvin and like, Hobbes that's almost. Everywhere. That's worldwide, I guess. I guess. But if it's, like, if that was over in Japan, and they're like, I don't yeah. get the jokes, you know? Like, and then... It's just, it's really just like a slice of life kind of thing, life. And but I, I think still that it runs way too fucking long. Like it's an hour and forty minutes. I'm like, fuck, man. The 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 voice acting's okay, I guess. It's cool. Jim Belushi recently just like mentioned this again because he's like, uh, he was asking for anime recommendations a couple months ago, and he's like, I did a, I did a, a Ghibli film, but I'm actually, I actually like anime. He's like, what do you guys listen? To? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say he was doing too much blow and really needed fucking work. So, <laughs> oh, you know, that's his brother. That's his brother, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both were. Uh, they both. Yeah, but one of them's still around. So, um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm just saying, he seems like a decent well, guy. Um, for the is. most part, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I, it's middle of the road, but it's still probably like bottom five, or I mean, at this point, bottom ten. We got a lot of movies we've seen, so I don't know. That's that's yeah. like you know, for Makes the most sense. part, like it's it just goes on too long, and I I, I think. I don't mind the animation because, like you, I know you were kind of mentioning it, Mark. It, it's very reminiscent of that tale of Princess Kaguya, and it seems like uh, Asayo Takahata. He's, uh, you know, he recently passed a few years back too, but he always did more of the movies that were kind of experimental. If if that makes sense. Yeah, like kind all of his movies are shake things up. A yeah, bit. all his movies are very. 
I mean, I'm not trying to say they're, they're all very Japanese, if that makes sense. And it's kind of like, especially like Pom Poco and Memory Prince of Kaguya is kind of like a common tale, and this is like a somewhat common uh, comic strip in Japanese culture. So I'm like, I just, it just doesn't hit, hit the mark for me. So that's all. It seems he does more like the uh, kind of traditional Japanese. Yeah, stories. I would agree. Oh. Yeah. What about you, Nabil? What are your initial thoughts about this one? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was uh, tempering my expectations, especially from the feedback from James before. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. Uh, I, I actually did enjoy it. I like the art style. I think that actually kept me interested to see something a little different. And it's, I mean, it's not, like you said, James, it's not like one of the best quality Studio Ghibli films, but I think that the actual film itself and what it is it is a slice of life it's about an average japanese family and you get to you get to see the different perspectives of each family member and what they're going through or what they do in each day and that's very interesting to see just of uh of what a typical japanese family is like i also thought it was hilarious the little haikus at the end of every uh segment which were funny just yeah. the narrator would come Both in and say as their lesson i was like okay that's 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 interesting way to kind of kind go of like a Wes it. Anderson movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little lesson a little bit, that they yeah. learned at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I actually thought it was great. I think that for a Studio Ghibli film, it it didn't really have much of any of the fantastical elements. I mean, they have the little kind of in your head moments uh, near the beginning about when they're showing the family dynamic, and it was kind of like a. a, a make-believe uh, segments which was interesting to see that was more of the fantastical option uh, element but yeah it's it's not it's definitely not something that i come to have expected from seeing all these studio ghibli films of a movie they would make this could for me easily just pass as a japanese animated film that somebody put up yeah. over there uh which again isn't a bad thing it's just not at the same caliber as you know the the prestige that studio ghibli comes with so that I would say is the the one kind of takeaway from that, which might be a reason why it's kind of not amongst a lot of people's favorites. It's a little harsher critique on it because, you know, they're they're just better better films out there that they've made. Hmm. What about you, Marco? It's okay. Yeah, that's I <laughs> didn't know what to expect from this movie. I went in completely blind. But yeah, I I agree that the animation didn't bother me. I thought it was unique. I liked it a lot better. This time around, then I did Princess Kaguya. Maybe it's because I yeah. had already experienced it. But I also felt like the story was a little bit easier to follow. I liked the 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 characters themselves were, were they were kind of wacky, which is you know which is cool. It makes it a little entertaining. The voice acting was okay. The kids got kind of annoying though. I'm I'm just gonna say it like their voices like whenever they would talk or anything I'd just be like oh my god can we skip this please I don't know why I just felt like the voice actors just their their, their pitch and their tone was just kind of annoying to me that's just me I like the uh, the little like like what Nabil was saying those little like fantasy portions like when they're describing when the uh, the mother and father were first met and got married and stuff and they're going through life and the way they animated life experiences and, and how they described them and the animation matched the description of what the narrator was saying. I like that. I thought that was pretty interesting. The movie, yes, does drag on a lot and I think that's where it freaking lost me where I'm just like, holy shit, this is almost a two-hour fucking movie. Are you serious? 
This should be like an hour and 20, hour 30 tops, really. There's a lot that could get cut out. There's a lot of stuff there. I was just like, I, I don't really care. Like the whole part where the uh, the daughter was was missing, like they could, they could have sped that up a little bit more. I was like, can yeah. we stop wasting time on this? Well, once again, I, I don't know if it's a much. reference to the comic strip, so that's why I'm like, true, no, that's yeah, because I think these are all and from and the and comic hey, strip. Hey, maybe, so. yeah, maybe it works because it's all part of that for um, for you know, people who are familiar with with the comic strip. But for me, I, I just I didn't care. I was just like, okay, I I like the the aspect of it being a slice of life, like James said, but it was it was more like a like it was almost like the whole pie, really, and it was just like, okay, we could trim this down. Oh yeah. So yeah, the, I think when I put it up on Litterbox, I think I said I would never watch this again, and I think I still stand by that. I don't think I'd ever watch this one again unless it was with kids, and even then, maybe I don't know if it would really cater to them or not. It's a G kids movie, but. Uh, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I like some aspects of it, but it wouldn't be a repeat watch for me at all. I thought the same thing first time I saw it too, and then look at me. So <laughs> you eventually go back. Maybe one day you'll be somebody who wants to watch them all too, and you'll be like, "Fuck, we gotta go through this." So it's yeah. one of those kind of things. So all right, so I think we pretty much yeah we went over everything. So let's go to overall grade, James. What would you give this as an overall grade? Uh, I'll give it a C. Sounds about right. Yeah. What about you, Nabil? Yeah, honestly, the same. I probably I just give it a C, right in the middle. I give it a C minus. Just got to be different. So. That's sad. Yeah, sad. Be <laughs> <laughs> sad. I know. I just just didn't do it for me, man. I really struggled to watch this one, man. I had to pause it like four times. And I'm just like, fuck. How much longer do I got? Shit, I'm only 25 minutes in. Are you serious? So yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> Well, we only have four movies left, so it'll be one of those things where we. I think the last they four get better are, from are, here, right? They James? are, yeah, they're better movies. I mean, I, 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 I try to, there. I try to leave it so that we have good ones near the end still. Like you know, you yeah. gotta get through the shit to get it. So, yeah. all right, guys. So that's our review of uh, My Neighbor the Yamadas. Let's move on to our main review of the new MonsterVerse film, Godzilla vs Kong. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Khan did the same. Godzilla vs. Kong. Big action fighting behemoth movie that just came out. Uh, it's an 80% score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got it's about the epic next chapter in the cinematic monster verse 
that pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught right in the balance, because, you know, it's a monster movie. Uh, it just came out on the 31st of March, so it's on. Uh, it's in theaters. Uh, it, some of us have actually seen it uh, in theaters. It also uh, aired, of course, on HBO Max. It's free for the month. For, well, not free, but it's premiering for a month if you have a subscription for HBO Max as well. Uh, this was directed by Adam Wingard, uh, directed Blair Witch in 2016, and the anime, uh, the live-action anime, I guess, is version of Death Note in 2017. I forgot to mention, too, he did Your Next as well. Which you're uh, next, which is a great film. Yeah. That's what I really should have put down. Apologies. I think that was 2015. <laughs> yeah. um, this is also written by uh, Eric Pearson. He wrote The Ragnarok and Black Widow and Agent Carter. So, you know, it's got a little Marvel theme going on over here. Um, Max Bornstein as well wrote this. He wrote the original Godzilla, well, re- the rebooted Godzilla in 2014, as well as Kong Skull Island in 2017. Uh, we got another all-star cast. We'll gambit a few people uh, compared to the last one. We've got Alex Skarsgård as Nathan Lind, Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell, Rebecca Hall as Eileen Andrews, Brian Tyree Henry as Bernie Hayes, Isa Gonzalez as uh, Maya Simmons, Julian Dennison as Josh Valentine, Kyle Chanders back as Mark Russell, uh, Damian Bisher as Walter Simmons, and Kaylee Haltel as uh, Gia. So... I know already probably the answer to this because you guys have seen these films, but uh, just to see beforehand, James, did you end up rewatching any of the movies before this? The original, um, what three MonsterVerse films? Three? Yeah, there's three. Yeah, I was three. like three or four. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, this I rewatched them all. I didn't do them all back to back though, because I I I find that if we do that a lot of times, we get burned out of these fucking movies. Yeah, so I understand I that watched, feeling. Yeah, I watched one like every week for the last month basically so or last three weeks i guess so i watched them with my parents and truthfully my dad wasn't into it my mom was so it was kind of cool like oh, me and her bonded over that it was kind of funny because I, I did not expect that so uh we watched we went uh chronological order though so we started with kong skull island then went godzilla then um king of the monsters and um i really like kong still a lot i've seen that one a few times at this point godzilla 2014 i thought was okay I think it slows down a little bit too much, though, for my taste nowadays. And then King of the Monsters is about the same as I thought before. It, it, the fights are cool, but a lot of it's really dark or in the rain and shit. And yeah, uh, it, it probably ends in a way that I'm, it's almost kind of comical. So, but yeah. <laughs> uh, would so so still feeling a bit like was it was did it help kind of amp up your feelings towards uh, you know seeing Godzilla vs Kong? Uh, a little bit, I guess, yeah. Lean yeah. up to it, just so I'm like, okay, let's check it out. So, <laughs> I like how they're connected. I think yeah, I, it does have you know, a, a thread of a story there. Yeah, you got little subtle references to little things like, oh, mm-hmm. that's when they did this and that, you know. So, what about you, Marco? Did you end up rewatching the uh, the first three films before this? Nope, I went in blind. No. Marcus, like, I don't even know what these were. <laughs> I, I watched Frankenstein, Dracula, and the, the fucking the Mummy. I would, uh, oh, the the Tom Cruise one too, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> Dark Prince, baby. <laughs> just kidding. No, yeah, I, I watched all of them. I, I went in a really state order. So Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters. And yeah, I, I liked them. Uh, I still like Godzilla. I think it's the best Godzilla movie that I've ever seen. I know that's hearsay. I don't give a shit. 
I liked it. I like the slow reveal of Godzilla. It's it's very very well. I mean, you know, I like I also like the shitty uh, 1985 one too. It's the first Godzilla movie I ever saw, and I shit my pants when I saw it. But I like the slow reveal. Godzilla Returns, right? Uh, it's just called Godzilla 85 or 84, I believe. Yeah. So first one, it's the first one where it's like I got some. I got a project I'm doing coming up that you guys are gonna. Yeah, I I I know quite a bit about the Toho and the three eras right now. So nice. Yeah, it's you know it's a freaking jet black Godzilla just yeah. freaking rampaging all over. Stay, stay, stay tuned. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I like the slow reveal of, of Godzilla. It's the third time I said that on this pod, but it's almost Jaws like where the monster gets revealed slowly towards the end. And yeah, it yeah, does yeah. kind of slow down a bit, but I I still liked it. I thought it was cool. Filmed well. Yeah, it's a little too dark uh, towards the end, but it's fine. Kong Skull Island I feel is like the more lively one. Very entertaining. I think that one has the formula like the best, like great time with the humans and great time with Kong the monster. I I feel it has like a great balance for for it all, and uh, you actually, at least for me, you actually do kind of are invested with the uh, with the actual characters in in the movie versus all the other ones. So yeah, yeah still like that yeah, one. Yeah, I would agree. With that. Really good like action sequences too, and it's pretty much the most violent one of all of them. If you think about it, it's a lot of like dudes that just fucking eat it in that movie, and you see it. So it's also kind of reminiscent of the time period too. It's kind of yeah, that Vietnam era grittiness, which yeah, great Jordan... cinema cinematography in that movie too. Yeah, awesome Jordan Vogt Roberts is a, I think he's an excellent director, and I'm, I'm looking forward to his uh, Metal Gear Solid movie. So. Oh, sweet. Oh, he's the one doing it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Nice. And King of the Monsters, yeah, it's okay. I liked it better this time around than the previous time because I lowered my expectations even more this time around. And it's okay. It just feels a little, like, it feels too crowded and, and like, rushed. That's my opinion. It's still fun, but it had so much more potential, you know? I feel Without like Warner Brothers stuff, is just, like. Doesn't it seem like it should have come out after this movie? Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Kinda, just like, I guess. Like I f- like, truthfully, hey, if I'm being honest, I feel like it should have been three fucking movies. Like, I feel like each monster should have been featured in like a separate movie did. on their own. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like just have him fight King Ghidorah, and then in this one Kong, and then have him fight the other monsters after. That would have been fine, you know. Yeah. But you know, Warner Brothers again trying to rush it. You know, they're just like, let's fucking speed this thing up. They're like, we you have know, the right. People don't want to wait. Yeah. Whatever, but still entertaining, and yeah, it hyped me up a bit for for this one. Actually, more than a bit. I was kind of excited for this one. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I also I saw the all three of those films for the first time leading up to this movie, and I pretty much have the same kind of sentiments you guys have. Kong Skull Island for me was was my favorite one of of the three. Uh, it just was more animated. It was more. There was more levity to it they were you know even though there was a dark monster thing part of it kong isn't as um as seen as as menacing as maybe godzilla and some of the other monsters are um maybe because he's on an island and not destroying buildings but um it was just it's even the time period the there's a bit more uh humor involved with kong specifically um where he's not just seen as a monster um so I enjoyed that film more, but the first Godzilla was okay. I think I've brought up a few times that I, I think it's weird that 
Brian Cranston is just you know not as big of a part of the film as they were he was with the, all the advertisements they had I remember coming out for that movie um and then King of the Monsters was good I think that it wasn't it's definitely the weaker of the films but um all three of them have really great action scenes I think the fighting which is really what you're watching for seeing the monsters and, and going at it that that is uh the best part when they do show uh of, of the films as a whole you're, you're not you want to be there for the human part of it where they're trying to anchor it, but there really isn't much there. I mean, the, you get Classic the most out of Godzilla, it. Godzilla. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're not really into that part. Dude, some of the plots in the other ones are it's ridiculous. That's why it's like, oh, this makes sense, I guess. Yep. So, speaking about plots, so we've obviously seen the first three. What did you guys uh, really think about this film? What were your thoughts on that, Marco? I really fucking loved it. <laughs> It's a dumb monster movie, man. I mean, we're we're not watching a fucking Oscar winner here or anything. It's it's it delivered with what it was meant to do, which is, you know, bring these two fucking titans to the big screen and have them duke it out, and I felt that it did just that. The fucking visuals were great, the fight scenes were impactful. I I felt that they they they're they're really like doing a lot of good things with like these CGI cameras you know with the ability to make them look and feel more real and i felt like this movie like pushed that limit with the way like you know kong and 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 godzilla would like hit each other and the camera would fall with them and i kind of like that it added more realism to it uh the the plot is absolutely fucking insane as as usual and i guess like our technology jumped 20 fucking years in this movie even though it's only yeah. like three or five years later. The from, tech is like, crazy. crazy. I'm like, I mean, yeah. they kind of hint at it in, with that fucking airship in the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the fucking flying fortress, for fuck's sake. So like, yeah. And, and now it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, what year are we in now? I'm like, fuck. The, they, they totally fucking gave up on the humans in this one. You can tell. They're just like, bare minimum, guys. Bare bones. Fuck these people. And uh, especially with Millie Bobby Brown's character and crew. I was very disappointed with that. Like, they had no fucking reason to be in this fucking movie. You really could have just edited out all their fucking scenes and shit and wouldn't have fucking mattered, like, at all. I, I, like, Brian Tree Henry, like, I love him in Atlanta. I love him in Widows. But, um, yeah, he served no fucking purpose in this goddamn fucking movie. And I was just like, God, I, I don't care. Anytime that they were with any of the humans, like, I was bored. And anytime Kong or Godzilla was on screen, I'm like, here we go. This is it. Kong is actually the only character that has a true arc in the entire movie. And I kind of like that. And it's expected because they are the fucking main stars of this movie. And it, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like maybe trim down the humans even a little bit more if you're not even going to give them any actual like purpose in this at all. So, yeah, overall, I, th- I thought it was great. Wish I would have seen it in theaters. I, I may, you know, see if maybe I still can. But yeah, fucking awesome. Well, well, you know, there there was someone amongst us that was able to watch it in the theaters. James, what what did you think? Okay. Uh, <laughs> first off, thank you for everybody that went to see this. Fifty point eight million. We back, baby. <laughs> um, I saw it in IMAX. Uh, it was amazing. It was. Um, I haven't seen um. Nabil brought it up. I haven't seen one since in seven months, I guess. IMAX film. So, last one I saw was Tenant. So, uh, these kind of films, Kaiji, Kaiji films, Kaiju. Sorry, Jesus Christ, Kaiju films. Jesus, speak, James, speak. 
Uh, These are meant to be seen in the biggest way possible, I think. And if you can, and if you, you know, if you can do it, I would say you see it in theaters. And um, I also saw it, I've seen it twice already, by the way, too. So I saw it at home, too, with my mom. So. Um, twice too. cool cool way to watch it too but i think between the two it was a much different experience watching theater so um i liked it i liked it a lot it's like marcus said it's just a dumb fucking monster film dude that's really the human element is pretty much doesn't make any sense at some point and it's like okay also <laughs> i can't stand millie Bobby brown man <laughs> okay i'm glad you said it because yeah. I, w- I feel like it's wrong <laughs> to say that but i really don't, I don't care give a fuck. Much she's annoying her. as fuck i think I her like, personally was... just yeah. I'm like, stop trying too hard. I'm like, fuck, man. I don't need to be in this movie. Fucking Kyle Chandler didn't need to be in this fucking movie. No. Um, the subplot with uh, Devin Bashir is kind of like, okay, I didn't know what they're leading up to. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess we could keep him in there. I like Gia, though, little girl. She's cute. She had her little moments, and I thought her uh, signing with Kong was really touching. And there's some that helped. But see, like, nice that things. helped drive the plot. That was great to see a, conne- a human yeah. connection kind of thing. That, yeah, that was the only interesting part. They should have explored that a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I think mean, for what they do, like if you don't want to see too much humans, like you just got to roll with it, I guess. But yeah. um, I guess like the whole Tyree Henry thing was kind of like, um, was it, were they supposed to be like the comedic element? I guess. Or like, I feel like they were. But <laughs> see, there's no consequence for everything yeah. that they do. They could have easily cut off that whole B plot, and you could have yeah, cut that could have been the head of the studio. This, of this the, would have been included in like the Zack Snyder cut to have them like. There's a whole plot with these whole other people. It's like, holy shit, <laughs> I had no idea. It, it doesn't do anything. Um, story except this liked, one made no sense. I actually liked Alex Can- Alexander Skarsgård in this one. I thought he was pretty cool. Like with the um, the whole like signing at the end too. I thought because he was because he was funnier. part of the whole Gia plot too. So yeah, that made I sense. That was, yeah, I that was funnier than anything when he's just like brave and he does the sign. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you are. I think we just both are. And I was like, that's funnier than the whole fucking subplot of the fucking. Uh, uh, that was the only people, human man. element yeah. we really needed. They could have just yeah. kind of kept that for like, each damn, film, like different set of characters. Yeah, um, I like the. Uh, they took all the um, criticisms of the last two films, the Godzilla films, where it's all dark. It's either dark or raining to hide the CG, and they actually fought in the fucking daylight finally. And with well uh, lit lights, which was cool, so we actually got to see a lot of the cool action. And the um, CG looked good. Yeah, it looked real good, especially in that IMAX. <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was one of those movies where it's one of those things. And uh, my mom actually watched it too with me the second time around. Like I said, she was really invested in these. Like we were talking about it. It's weird. We've never had discussions like this, so it was kind of nice to see her connect with a movie with me. So right on. Yeah, and my she mom liked really it a lot liked it too. too. So yeah. yeah. Great. But, uh, you know, like Marco says, though, it gets kind of batshit crazy, especially a lot of that uh, uh, Hollow Earth shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was okay. It was cool. Don't get me wrong. Okay. The visuals of that was fucking awesome. Yeah. But I, at the I was same like, time, where's like, the sun coming from? That doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of shit that I even, I looked over. Mikey went with me, by the way, friend of the pod. And I, I even was like, what the fuck? Does not make any sense? Not, not only like, that, whatever. but there's supposed to be a shit ton of radiation there. Like that would have fucking killed them instantly. Just saying. Yes, but I mean, because they, that's what they feed on. There's a protective layer or some shit. And so I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, it was the premise okay. of the last film, though. The I thought Brent Fraser was gonna pop up out of nowhere. Like, you guys found the center <laughs> of the earth. Let's go. And I was like, oh shit, oh, they're connecting all the fucking verses together. <laughs> so yeah, Tom Cruise cool. out of nowhere. There's more I'll talk about found obviously the in the spoilers. But um, yeah. What about you, Debo? Yeah, I mean, same thing. You know, I I like the film. Uh, I I gotta ask though, did you watch all four back to back? 
over like four days, but yes. Uh, see, I wouldn't have done that. That would have burned me. <laughs> I did too. It did. It burned me out a bit. Um, yeah, but you've already seen them all, though, Marco. So you had expectations. Nabil never seen True. two of them. Like, fuck, no. man. Gotta let that shit breathe a little like a fine wine. It was it was hard, especially seeing how the plots <laughs> get together. It's like, but you just contradicted yourself from the last film to this film. Why would you do this? Yeah. I was just telling James about like Kyle a thirty dollar wine. Yeah, Kyle Chandler's role. It's like he was a different person in this film. He was much more. He like they changed. changed. They changed. The I don't know. Like, why different. are we different characters from fucking five years ago? I guess. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. I guess. So, I mean, you know, so that was the plots. Whatever. I thought the visuals, like you guys said, were amazing. The fights were great, and we got a fight early on with Godzilla and Kong in the beginning. We obviously got the big. I like that they feet. made it a few. Yeah, like it was. Mm-hmm. It was good to see that. I liked that you got to see different tones. Like you, when you were watching Kong in his scenes, which, like James had had kind of told me separately, like that. It, this is probably more like a sequel to Kong. It's more of a Kong film than it is a Godzilla film. Yeah. Um, and it's it, you can he's see he's kind of the main character if you think about he it. He is, yeah. And yeah, that's why I said he, he had more of an arc in this one. I got. Than anyone I have had. a comment to that though, Nabil. I think it's more because, truthfully, between the two monsters, Kong's more relatable. Obviously, yeah. not just because you know we have hands too. You know? Yeah, exactly. but um, like just because his story arc, like in his one movie, you've learned more about Kong than we ever know about. And Godzilla is always like that. Even in the older films, it's kind of just, he's a always a mystery. He only yeah. shows up to keep the balance. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, yeah, and but that makes it hard for us to connect to the motherfuckers. So. A mixture of that. And that Godzilla yeah. has been featured in more movies than Kong. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, give him more of a, you know, light in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's the good part about it though, is when they would cut the scenes of Kong, there was, there was, different music there was more character like you you felt like you guys had connected with him when you saw godzilla it's just a big monster that's there um attacking kind of bill they give him his little warbles which i like okay when he's underwater so leave him alone (laughs) he looks directly at the camera and he's just like hey yeah there was a scene (laughs) where i'm not to spoil anything specifically but you know where he they get into a really big battle and and there's a stare down between Kong and Godzilla, and I'm like, who's about to flinch? <laughs> Dude, that's right. In the theaters, I was like, shit, it on. But yeah, I mean, you know, overall, it was, it was a good film. It's definitely a great popcorn film, you know, especially for people mm-hmm. that are able to start going to the theaters. Um, or, you know, if you got a, a nice setup at home, it's definitely that kind of film where you can just really go in knowing that you're there for the fights and and just seeing a bunch of monsters go at it and and not have to feel any kind of guilt about it <laughs> so don't so feel guilty yeah don't feel guilty so so based off of that what would you guys uh rate this film uh james what what is your rating for this uh, i give it a b it's all a b b oh, very nice would you recommend this then for sure yeah if you like the other films there's no reason not to watch this it's just a continuation of the MonsterVerse. I think they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, I think they stumbled a bit with King of the Monsters, but this is back on the track for me. So, yeah. And Marco, what about you? Yeah, I'd say it's a B for me also. Uh, you know, I probably I'm, I'm a little lesser, and I think it is mostly because of the plot and feel a bit jaded. So I'm I'm more in the C category. Um, you definitely go in there for the action, um, and you enjoy those parts of it. But if there's anything else you're looking for out of this film, you're not going to get it. You know, it's, it's very much piece just of shit. <laughs> it's one of the more fun ones. That's why, man. Like, and, yeah. and as far as far as rewatchability goes, I've seen it twice already too. And I'd probably see it again. 
So that's why. Yeah, and I saw them two days apart from each other. So, I mean, and I even the second time, I was like, oh, I'm okay with this. So, maybe, and you guys know me. I don't normally, I normally don't watch things too close. So, yeah. Especially before surprised. a review on a podcast. So, <laughs> right. Well, that's your shirt back on <laughs> of the film. Um, we're going to get into spoiler territory for a little bit. There's honestly not that many spoils uh, to really discuss. There's but a pretty big one, motherfucker. There's, there's one, I was going to say, but there is one big one. So if you don't want to get yourself. But Bill's like, it. fuck it. Just keep on <laughs> listening. You know, <laughs> fuck it. You just want to hear about it. Yeah. So Bill said, I'll stop talking about it in the Bill's corner. <laughs> if film see the film yet uh, go ahead and skip forward until the end and we'll get to the outro and kind of tell you what we're listening to next or watching next if not uh stick with us for just a little bit we'll start getting into spoilers so so first of all let's just talk about the big fights uh there's the the first big fight between the two of them are on the ships on the the two uh airplane character carriers yeah. uh I gotta say, when that happened, that perked me up a bit in the film. I was like, "Oh, they're like out in the sun. He's how's he gonna fight? He's jumping across different boats, attacking Godzilla. That was a pretty cool fight." And Godzilla did not give a fuck about anybody who's out over there. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's he's in his element too in the water." Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck, how's this gonna mm-hmm. turn out?" So yeah. it's a strong point. That was, I think <laughs> that that was kind of uh, the biggest change in this film compared to the other two Godzilla specifically films. You guys are talking about the lighting and being in the dark. Like, you really got to see these two monsters fighting in the light and just with the yeah, water. Yeah, that's literally, that. for this monsterverse, that's the first time you see Godzilla fight in the fucking daylight, so. Yeah. I thought that was very just interesting to see that. And the effects were really, like, really good here. It was really um, good, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they spared no expense on that, because that shit looked fucking amazing. It was just, yeah. yeah. I, I can't Lewis stress that the- enough. He does. He does lose, and he I mean, he loses overall too. Spoiler, he, spoilers. Maybe. He does, but you know, th- I feel like that's kind of like a setup for this scene. Was mostly, you know, he was out of his element. He's underwater, like he he literally almost drowned. Godzilla <laughs> almost freaking murdered him. True, there. He so, him. But yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm kind of I was kind of going for Godzilla. I'm not. Gonna, I love Kong. Don't get me wrong. I thought he's definitely more relatable. But man, I'm a huge fucking Godzilla fan, man. I was I was rooting for Kong, but uh, I knew Godzilla would win overall. Like, dude, he's a fucking radioactive lizard. Yeah, (laughs) that fucking atomic breath, man. But then I I did like that Kong ultimately at the end is the victor in the the overall battle for something. He's the he's the hero ultimately. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking cool. He may have lost. He he lost against Godzilla, but he ends up saving everyone in the end. Yeah, and they got that mutual respect. That's why I posted. I said. Are they about to do a bro grip right now? <laughs> I was like, bro, that would have been God's, fucking amazing if they did Godzilla the fucking like, like, just clasp good, hands bro. and look at each other. Yeah, he kind of gives him that little head nod at the end yeah, where he's like, he's right, we, we yeah, all right. And it, yeah. Godzilla ready to uh, King Kong ready to go again. He's like, all right, Paul round Fiction, four, let's there go. There is no me and you, not no more. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, eventually, what Nibble you're trying to get to is you know, eventually sorry. Godzilla defeats Kong even yeah. in the ultimate battle. So it's like. Kong's out of his own and he's dying and shit, and Godzilla is weakened by that fight though. And then, which is kind know. of like a nice reference to the uh, Godzilla '70s movie where his heart kind of stops also, and then they revive him in the sequel. Just saying. I mean, truthfully, it's a Obscure. direct reference to the 1965 Godzilla vs Kong, where Kong dies and then is struck by lightning and comes back. Comes so. back, yeah. yeah. That too. I told you yeah. That. I got something going on. The- 
the the, so, re- yeah. the remake kind of did it that way too. Only was just a heart attack, I think. What did Even you guys with think? the tree in his mouth is directly from that, where he sticks the oh, really? axe. That's oh, directly yeah, that's from right. the that's 65 right, film. And that, well, that's what I was going to say. Was actually that's the reference to the 35 film. So, what when did they airlift him too, except in the original, they used uh, heart air balloons. <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> what was that? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Nibble? I said, yeah. what did you guys think about the use of the axe and and kind of its elemental? You know, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like a throwback. Like his people have fought another Godzilla-like creature, and that's a spine from it or whatever. Blade or whatever, scale, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it was the scale that they used for it. Yeah, and they yeah, they alluded to that lore. in in Skull Island because you know you, he was able to make. I mean, obviously he's an ape, so he's able to make and use tools. So, well, maybe tools, not make them, but cool. he can use them. So, I think I mean someone obviously made it. Probably his old ancestors and shit. So yeah, yeah, which is cool. So yeah, I, I like that. That kind of gave him a bit more depth because you know he was able to go into Hollow Earth, like we talked about earlier, and and find kind of where his people originated from uh and you know was essentially a king in that world and could could trace back his history and found that that was again some good character development for a monster that you didn't really probably expect or maybe didn't even deserve (laughs) but um there's like a lot of sadness in his scenes like where he's opening up and realizes he's still like the only one because even in skull island they they make like you know, talk about like he's he's his family's all dead and stuff, and it's like yeah, oh, that mm-hmm. sucks, you know. But you know, then we have obviously the bigger scene at the end with with not just a battle with Kong and Godzilla, which was a great scene, especially being in downtown Hong Kong and all the lights and everything, uh, and the mass carnage <laughs> that's that's come of it. I know. I was like, <laughs> Hong Kong's gone. Shit. Sorry, Tron world. <laughs> but uh, the the big reveal, Mecha Godzilla. I mean, what did you guys think about seeing that? I wish they hadn't spoiled it in the trailer, but I really, I honestly never noticed it in the trailer. I must have missed it when you brought it up. I was like, I didn't see. Thanks it. Thanks for never buying the text. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the second trailer I think they sent for this one, you can actually see him ah. in the. They actually uh, added more smoke to his scene in Hong Kong, like so you can see his eyes, and then he's on a screen in the background on another yep. thing. So. So I even told Mikey before we got there, I was like, I think he, I, I was like, I told him, I was like, I think Mechagodzilla is this movie. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, I think so. And when it came up, I was like, called it. But it was cool. It was cool to see him. And they, they uh, implemented that uh, after credit scene from uh, King of the Monsters, King of the Monsters. where the guy buys yeah. the other head. So, yeah. And now that's where the head is. And that's, that's how they explain it, which is cool. Cause that basically is the skull of Ghidorah's in that one. And they have another skull and, and that's how they can cybernetically link up and, like you said, the technology is insane at this point. Oh, they're fucking doing psychosis and shit. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like, okay, I guess they discovered yeah, that in the last you just five years. Roll with it. Yeah. Borrowing a little bit from the uh, from the fucking slasher films when they did that. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, I, I agree cool. though that uh, with James that it was kind of predictable. I mean, I think that even if they didn't have that scene in the trailers, it was super predictable of what it was going to be. I'm like, what else could it be? It's going to be Mechagodzilla. Come on. Yeah, because outside of... They've already shown Mothra and Ghidorah, so I was like, that's the next... I mean, Ultraman ain't going to show up in this shit. No, that'd be funny, though. I'm glad that they had Mechagodzilla, because I was super juiced for it, but I also kind of wish they would have saved him for another movie. You know what I mean? But it made sense, though, I think, for, like, they have to team up to take him out. Yeah. He was a beast, though, too. Man, he was dragging Godzilla. I was like, God damn. Because my mom was like, what is Godzilla's and... like weakness? And I was like, apparently Mega Godzilla." <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> them he's rockets, man. Ra- yeah, dude, the <laughs> rockets shit. I was like, he's he's quicker. That's why he's running this motherfucker. Hong Kong gonna look bad, even worse than it is. I was like, how there's still buildings up near that <laughs> end of that fight. I was like, god damn, haven't they destroyed every building? For but real, I love the uh, the fight between them. Like, and then uh, when it was brutal, Gia's telling Kong to like fuck him up, basically. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, he fucking he he uh, pulls a fucking Uh, lethal weapon and puts his fucking dislocated shoulder back, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, Uh, Adam Wingard said that that's uh, his reference to it when uh, Mel Gibson does the same thing. I was like, "I was like, how would Kong know to do that?" But I was like, "Ah, whatever. I'll just fucking roll it." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things. I was like, "I don't know how he would know," but okay, it was cool though. And then he looked so pissed. I was like, "Oh, he's ready." And then they did the uh, Captain America Iron Man blast to his uh, axe. Yeah, oh, cool. dude, that was fucking badass. Yeah. I loved it. And then he just starts swinging like uh, Joaquin Phoenix from Signs. And I was like, okay. Swing I thought you were going to say they both found out that their mom mom's name was Martha. And then they were like, we can't fight. Oh, anymore. that is that joke. <laughs> Why did you say that name? When they're yelling at each other. Mothra. <laughs> but uh and then i love that he they just whooped that motherfucker's ass and i was like god damn Fuck yeah. yeah they just straight up took him out i thought he was gonna like eat his his insides again as a joke because he gets like doing the other thing and yeah. then try him out yeah. i'll try him too i was like god <laughs> i was like king kong likes to taste his enemies no i thought that was dope though I was like, yeah. that's dope so yeah, I'd say by far you know they did save the best for the last is, is that another too. daylight fight by the way too it's Suddenly daylight, which you know, yeah. we'll just roll with that too, I guess. <laughs> you gotta take just take a lot of salt with this movie. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah. Just, it was pitch black off, and basically. then like out of nowhere I was like, and it's day now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, whatever. I was like, I'll roll with it, I don't give a shit. So So uh how does it rank with for you guys, uh, as far as the other films, uh the Monsterverse films? Uh Marco, what, what do you think? It was a top, middle, and like what do you think about this film overall? Man, for me, as far as entertainment value, I think it's up to the top, man. It just it just delivers so well. You get a lot of the monsters, the 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 action, the fighting is just so fucking good and it lives up to the hype, dude. Yeah, it's not perfect. There's obviously some dumb plot points and, you know, Fucking future tech that came out of nowhere, but whatever, dude, dude. They were just doing it just to be fucking owed to the old ones. They're all dumb. Exactly. There's no plot. They're like, it, this is look, how do we it move takes this shit. It takes shit to eleven, and that's what I expected. And so, yeah, it's up at the top, man. It's. Yeah. I, I would say like. Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and this one are like definitely the top ones, and you know, King of the Monsters is you know it's down there at the bottom because it's all right. It's too long. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. about you, James? Uh, it's like Kong, this movie, then Godzilla, then King of the Monsters. That's how yeah. I rank them. I've got the exact same ranking too, kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, I, I appreciate it by the way that this movie is under two hours. So, right, it was good that they didn't perfect, try to blow it. Perfect with time. Anything. It's like an hour fifty, I think, or something. Yeah. Like, so. And it's probably not even that much as far as like most of the film is is really action or at least focusing on the monster specifically than it is with any of the human plot. Yeah. So I mean. Are there going to be some sequels? I'm sure they want to have some sequels. What What are you guys kind of looking for? Is I know we kind of talked about you know some possibilities have gone through all the different monsters, but do you think that there'll be maybe just a Kong sequel by itself in Hollow Earth, or are we can we see any more Godzilla sequels? I mean, they've done a lot of those films, but what monsters would they even have in battle at this point? There's quite a few still left. 
can always go Mecha Ghidorah too. Even though technically this kind of was Mecha Ghidorah, but not really. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's yeah, there's gonna be. They've already announced there's gonna be something down the drain. So I, I can, I can imagine probably not another Kong versus Godzilla <laughs> film, but separate sequels for each one probably set in the same yeah. universe. That'd be cool. Because the you whole do fucking like Kong Hol- King of yeah. Hollow Earth. Yeah, the whole Hollow Earth <laughs> thing kind of opens up a whole possibility of shit that could happen, and Godzilla is still just swimming around and shit. So. God only knows what else they're going to find. As long as Millie Bobby Brown's not in, I'll watch it. Or as long as they just minimize the human shit, you know? Yeah, but they never are, dude. It's going to be about this. They need something to keep things moving. And, you know, Monarch is still a big thing no matter what. So, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they even do, like, another, like, prequel-esque movie where it's even further back or something in between Kong and Godzilla. They could do that, too. Or, you know what, with all the fucking tech jumps that they're having maybe they do time travel i don't know <laughs> yeah it could be That's like a godzilla in space thing where it's like 200 <laughs> years in the future i could see that i could definitely see that yeah because like aliens they they're talking about the next one might be like aliens come and attack so Ghidorah Ghidorah's <laughs> an alien so true it's true it'll Lose get it open. more wild yeah and there's plenty more there's a there's a lot of it toho has a lot of fucking monsters guys yeah all right, so I think that's it. So that's the end of our pod, guys. So thanks for listening, asking uh, for all the feedback and everything that you guys send to us. Uh, response and reviews. Everyone's little reviews we appreciate. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. My neighbor's dog also says if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, Smash that subscribe button, and you will never miss an episode or lovely voices. Rate us, review us, like James was saying. Leave us a comment. We got a lot of uh, comments and interactions from our previous episodes, so keep that going. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, next time we are going to be doing episode 97. We're going to do a throwback one with the recently announced Vintage Star Wars line on Disney+. Plus. We're going to be doing the two Ewok adventure films. <laughs> I know you guys are so excited. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be wonderful. And then we're going to do a uh, topic. We're going to do our yearly uh, Oscar discussion as well. So if you're keeping up with us on Oscar films, that'd be the one to watch. We'll go over uh, nominees and our, our predictions. So Until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.